0: Good morning everybody. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living here on WKXL New Hampshire Talk Radio.com, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. It's a chilly morning this morning and uh, but you know what? We have the season Approaching, you know, the crazy season approaching. And uh, I wanted to let everybody else out out there know about uh, good life. Because Good Life is a sponsor here on WKXL, and we all know that they offer all these wonderful programs. They also have a giving tree, and since the crazy season is coming upon us, um, I wanted to let everybody know they do this wonderful program where you come in and you take a card off their giving tree, and that gift goes to a very deserving um, senior who could really use, uh, sometimes I'm told, Caitlin tells me from Good Life, that sometimes that gift is the only gift they will see for the season. And so to me, um, the Good Life giving tree is something very, very wonderful. And if you have time there at the Smokestack Center, you should go in there, grab a little leaf off the tree there, a little tag off the tree, and see what they're offering, because they really have some incredible programs. We talked a little bit about that in our last segment. Caitlin was our guest. But a shout-out to our sponsor, Good Life. And we hope that you will go in there and and help Good Life be part of the giving season. So, All right, so that's my blurb here. Um, I love Good Life. And you all know that if you're listeners to the program. We have a guest today that is uh, actually she's a representative in the New Hampshire State House right here. Her name is Representative Barbara Comtois, and uh, she is in Barnstead. She also has a farm, and she is also a very close friend. And since this is going to be one of those, you know, let's talk about things uh, in the crazy season as it approaches, I thought that she'd be a great, a great guest today to have a little chat about uh, what's coming up and and how November and December are falling out for for Mrs. Comtois and uh, also some ideas for our listeners in the crazy season as it approaches. So good morning, Representative Comtois.
1: Good morning, Jane. How are you today?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic. You know, um, I know everyone doesn't want to see the snow, but it's, for <laughs> me, it's kind of exciting as a farmer. Yeah. Um, we, we love the snow. It is called the poor man's fertilizer. Um, it helps with the
0: uh, soils. Really? Um, oh, yes. The poor man's fertilizer. Wow, I've never heard that.
1: Yeah. Um, cool. So, it, so far, it's exciting uh starts the season early we always like to get that uh blanket of snow on before the ground really freezes mm-hmm. um uh so oh,
0: yeah that's awesome i it, nice to hear that so um you know what i i am a teacher everybody out there probably who listens to our program anyway knows that i teach music i teach actually at st john's regional school which is another shout out great school great teachers, great principal, uh, great music program, if I do say so myself. And, um, we, we have a lot going on in November, December. And the more I look around and see all of the possibilities, the more overwhelmed I feel. And cause I'm busy, I'm working two different jobs, and I have a lot of things that I do, you know, pro bono. And, uh, Seeing all of these choices makes me feel overwhelmed, and sometimes I end up doing none of them, which is not very good.
1: <laughs> no, well, no, uh, it's not. But um, you you do stretch yourself then sometimes. But yes. people need to remember that it's okay to say no. Yes. And you need to take care of your health, and you need to get your rest. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a crazy season right now. The flu's going around. There's illnesses, sicknesses. Um, and people stress themselves out trying to get everything done and make it just perfect, Yeah, it's okay not to be.
0: Absolutely. And
1: you need to just sit back and relax. And, you know, if you can just find one thing to be grateful for every day, mm-hmm. um, it's so
0: much better. It makes a big difference. I mean, it sounds silly, right? It, there are people that roll their eyes, especially the more stressed we are, right, the more overwhelmed we are. We hear something like that and we go, oh, yeah, right. But you know what? It is true. If you can wake up, just like you said, and try to find one thing that you can focus on that is a that is a pleasure, that is a good thing, that is a you know a gratitude point, it does make mm-hmm. a difference in how you see the rest of your day. It's undeniably true,
1: right? Like I had a woman just recently was late for an annual meeting, and she said, you know, she had an emergency with her cow and stuff, and life happens on the farm. You never know when it's going to happen, <laughs> um, and she. She was all stressed out. I said, "Just take your time, take a deep breath, and remember you can start your day over." Uh, and she came in looking all refreshed when she got there. She was late, yeah. but it was good. Yeah, you know, I but mean, it's okay. it's okay. Yeah,
0: totally agree with you. And and that mentality, I think, is harder and harder to find. Um, sadly, because I think our youth think more is better. I think we sort of got that going, too, when we were younger. You know, the the bigger, the better, the more, the better, the faster, the better. You know, I'm so busy seems to be a positive thing, right? When somebody says, oh, my goodness, I'm so busy. It's almost like a positive thing because, you know, oh, I'm so with it and I've got all this going on. And at my age, I now look at that and, and, and a little bing goes off when I hear it because – and I'm guilty of it, too, make no mistake. Um, I'm not sure that busy is something that – you know, overtly busy right rather, is something that we want to have as a virtue. But it's easy to do. Oh, oh, it's so easy to do. It's it's easy to get wrapped
1: up in things and it's like, oh well this is important and that's important and this is important. And oh I need to be here and I need mm-hmm. to do this. And you know, for me, um what really kept me grounded is like, Mom, uh, you know, you're always out there. You know, you need to stay home. <laughs> and they would and it's like okay and i had to do a double take and you know they were right yeah and um if you can just find one person uh you know to help keep you grounded you know to say hey do you think i think you're taking on too much mm-hmm. or you know it that you can give a call shout out to yeah. if uh the day's not going well and they say hey just take a deep breath remember you can start it over mm-hmm. i think uh it makes uh, things a lot better.
0: Absolutely. That, having, having anybody that you feel really cares about you rather than what you can do for them or what you can bring to the table, um, just that outlook alone changes everything. You know, they having that one person that you can, you know, that you yeah, know is cheering for you.
1: Right. And, and, and we do live in a world and it's unfortunate that people are afraid to ask for help because they say, oh, well, then I'll owe that person. Well, if someone truly wants to help you, they're going to help you out of the goodness of their heart. You don't have to worry about doing something back for them. Right. Totally. We we need to get back to that mentality, that people want to help people. It makes people feel good to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, and.
0: So it's okay. Absolutely. And mind you, don't forget, I know for me, I'm a type A personality, always have been. In some ways, that was really important because that's what spurred me through a fairly successful you know, music career on the stage. And so there was some good to that, but there was also this creeping mentality in there that you should be able to do it yourself, right? And yeah, okay, so now here we are older and hopefully wiser, and I'm so... Seeing that um, asking for help is, does not mean that somehow you're not able to do it, right, or that there's something wrong with you because you can't do it. Uh, it just means that at that moment you could use a little tag team, you know, could you could use a little help, and that's okay.
1: Right, and it doesn't mean you're obligated to help that person back either, and I think that's where people get stuck.
0: Really? Do you think it's that much, huh?
1: I, I do, I do. Um, Wow, you know, because I, I listening to people, it's like, oh, well, you know, but you know, then, and it's like, no, no, uh, you know, you, you, it's okay, yeah. And but you know, I think go ahead. people have limitations, mm-hmm. you know, and they truly need just a helping hand.
0: Wow, well, you know what? I I'm, I have never thought of it that way before. Whenever you know offering help, I've never thought that the other person would think that you know they had to meet that. Um right. and you know what that would certainly answer a lot of questions <laughs> as to why mm-hmm. folks might be reticent to to jump in there. I've never really thought of it that way before. I always thought it was kind of like nobody wanted to sort of admit that they needed the help. But you're uh, saying that they're thinking, "Wow, now I'm going to have to, you know, it's going to be quid pro mm-hmm. quo now."
1: Well, you know, I think for some people they're they they don't mind asking for help and they don't have that mindset, but for others they do. Mm-hmm. Because we have to look at people Meet them where they are, right? Right. So, um, you know, and we're all a little bit different, so mm-hmm. we all think a little bit differently. So there are some people that, you know, some people have a lot of easier time asking for help and other people have a really tough time asking for help. Yeah. But they're the ones that were willing, they'll go out and help anybody. Yeah. You know, they'll drop everything to help anyone. That's right. But they're the ones they won't, that, that, are, that are, won't go out and ask. That for are reticent help to thing. ask.
0: You are so right about that. It's the ones that would jump in both feet. Right, that are the ones yeah. probably least likely to ask for help. And that not that a, a funny thing, huh? wowie yeah. wowie! All righty, you are at uh, WKXL, New com, and this is Artful Living. Jane Cormier, your host. Our guest today is Representative Barb Comtois out of Barnstead. And uh, we're going to return after this segment, so hang tight right there. We'll be right back. Jane Cormier here on Artful Living, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Uh, We have a wonderful guest with us today. We had a great first segment talking about oh, sometimes all the crazy things that happen during holiday season and the need to ask for help. Our guest, Representative Barb Comptoy, was sort of giving us some really good information about we're all different, And we all have different points that we might need to ask for help, but that we shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. So, Barbara, I want to I want to bring something forward that I think would be kind of a good little story for our listening audience. So for for years, I've known that that Barbara has loved puzzles and uh, she's a real puzzle gal. She's the kind of puzzle gal, though, that doesn't get them because once she starts it, she can't stop it. Right. She has this like. She got to finish that puzzle, right? I don't blame her. I'm probably the same way. I don't love puzzles as much as as, as you do, Barb, but um, the probably the reason I don't do them is because I can't finish them quickly. I know I can't, and I, yeah, that bothers me, right? So um, she actually came over recently a couple weeks ago. I had a puzzle sitting on my table for like a week, and uh, it wasn't even a hard puzzle, you know, it had big pieces, but it's just me, you know. I lose attention quickly I had the outside done and some in the middle she comes over to just like have a bite and we're gonna chat and she sits down and by the time she left which was under an hour I don't think you were there an hour the the whole puzzle was totally completed right (laughs) so I'm like oh my goodness so um yeah out of the other side of that is that I had missed her birthday so I had bought her I knew she liked puzzles so I bought her this puzzle that was one nasty puzzle. I mean, this puzzle was one of those, you know, little teeny pieces, small pieces, and this really complex thing, you know, where color awash everywhere on these flowers, and to try to line that up, I figured would take a really long time. So as kind of a laugh, I got her the puzzle. And uh, so it's funny. She took the puzzle, and probably a couple of days after that, I get this phone call about how she went out and bought a puzzle table, right? And I'm listening. to. I (laughs) I had no idea there was such a thing. I had no idea. And she's going into all the things that this puzzle table can do and can can have. And I'm sitting here going, who knew that there was a puzzle table and that, uh, you know, this was like a really... Pretty cool thing. So now she's sending me pictures of these puzzles she's putting together, you know, disgustingly fast. And uh, pretty cool. Tell us, what the heck is a puzzle table?
1: So... um I found out about it from a colleague at work who also enjoys <laughs> doing puzzles. Go figure, right? Yes. And 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 like her, like me, she's like, I can't do them all because then I have to finish them. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I go online to look at puzzle tables, and you know, there's all kinds of options out there. Um, but this one here just I, really caught my eye because. It has four draws. So when you put out your pieces, then you can put some in the drawers and everything. So for separating colors and whatever you, however My you put goodness. your puzzle together. Yeah. But it also sits on a, like a turntable. So it's like a lazy Susan. So you can spin it. So <laughs> you can reach all around it. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> it is, it is so cool. And I must tell you that we probably only have. Uh, 50 to 100 pieces left of your puzzle to put together.
0: Yeah, that was a big one. I think it was 1,000 in there, wasn't there? It was. It was. So it's almost done. I've had help. I must (laughs) tell you, a lot
1: of help. And uh, uh, my son tells you. Yeah. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> those are being kind. <laughs> because he, too, is stuck doing yeah, the no. puzzle. <laughs> and
0: can't, can't walk away. It. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I I chuckle. I chuckled at home when I get the pictures. I chuckle because... Here's what we talked about in the first, in the first quarter, right, or at the first segment, first quarter. I'm a sports gal, so I, you can excuse me. Uh, anyway, so in the first segment, we're talking about how, you know, sometimes you just got to say things and, and say no f- and do for yourself, right? Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have always liked puzzles. I, personally, if I had known there was a puzzle table, I probably would have bought you one. But, I mean, <laughs> you just – you knew there was a puzzle table. Why didn't you get that puzzle table before? Why did I you get thought- enough? I I had
1: thought about it, uh, and I knew that they were out there, and I had researched them a, a couple of years ago, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I could get it, but then I'll be stuck doing a puzzle, and, Would you Which know, you like! Which I do, <laughs> and, you know, this week was actually the perfect week for the puzzle, because I had a uh, very, very stressful day uh, at work uh, one day, and... I didn't get home until like seven or eight at night. And it was like, you know, normally you come in and you want to have to do things. And you know, I just sat down and said, you know what? I'm just going to look, work on the puzzle. And it was just such a stress relief for me. (laughs) And I, and I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, there's so many things that we need to be doing. And we, we have lists. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I have lists. Me too. And, uh, but sometimes you just have to unwind mm-hmm. and and take it easy because if you don't do that, you're you're not doing your your body or your health any favors either, or the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially. So, so, yeah, so you just need to take a step back. And so if you hadn't got, I mean, I have puzzles here, but I've never really, but because I don't know, you it just timing is everything, right? So you <laughs> just right. happen to give me the puzzle. <laughs> And I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a puzzle table. I think
0: that's awesome. I think it was yeah. a great idea. Yeah, so. And now tell me, you you also told me that it has something that holds the puzzle together or something? Uh, well, it doesn't.
1: Uh, no, no, that was another puzzle I was telling you about that I found when I was doing, you know, looking at the different puzzles. But we, I have a puzzle that I must have gotten several years ago and it actually has light and a uh, frame to hold the puzzle together. Um oh that is not one we're tackling anytime soon. So
0: what do you uh, do on the table after you've done the puzzle? Like how do you, you know, what do you do with the puzzle?
1: Well, there is the there is the question, right? Okay. Do we pull it apart? Oh, do, we, no. uh, do we do we glue it no. uh to save it? I mean, there's, there's a lot of options with puzzles, There right? are,
0: there are. And you, I have to tell you, I, I love uh, Monet, I love Van Gogh. And so over the years, I've bought myself small puzzles, right? Like little square puzzles, because I figure I can get those done. And after I do them, I t- I, and this is probably a terrible hack. There's probably out there going, oh my goodness, what's she talking about? But this is what I do, because what do I know? I get that clear packing tape. And I put, ah. I, I put put it on the puzzle. You have to be careful because you don't want to have to move it. You have to right. put it down so that it's one shot, right? I get pretty good at it, though. And uh, I, I tape the front, you know, with these big strips of the packing tape. Then I take the ends of the tape that's off the sides, and I turn the puzzle over, and I tape the back. And then I hmm. use them as, like, under my tables, I use them as um, people to put stuff on, like drinks or uh, you know, just pretty because I love impressionistic stuff. So it's always very pretty, right? And right. I keep them. I have one on my dining table that I, uh, that I use almost like a mat, you know, because they clean really good <laughs> you know, when you use the tape. <laughs> you can wipe them right off and, and uh, you have that picture that you put together right in front of you. So I use tape, but that's probably like a real bad hack. There's probably professionals out there that know how to do this real.
1: Yeah, I know that there's a puzzle glue uh, so that it will get in
0: between all the cracks and everything. Do they put it on um, the front? Yeah. They put it on the top? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, so that so, might be a way to do it. You paint it on, that'd probably be great.
1: Yeah, that um, That wouldn't. That, that is where I fall down. I would actually have to have someone else do that. Okay. I'm great at putting it together. Yeah. Uh, painting is not my strong suit. But it's and only glue. Even, I know, but it's still, <laughs> you know, I mean... You know, sometimes we have to know what we're not good at, right? Okay. All right.
0: There you go. So maybe you could have your son or someone put that together. Exactly. After putting that puzzle together, that flower puzzle, I can't imagine that you're going to take it apart. Holy no, I moly. I won't. <laughs> won't be it <taken laughs> apart. Well, I thought that would be great. I mean, it's it's always nice to have a light conversation with you, Barbara, because you know what? You get it. And you understand yeah. you understand the value of of everything and where all those values lie, which is great. Which brings me back to the House of Representatives. How do you find being um, in that in that mindset? How do you find being a representative for Bonestead?
1: You know, I I truly am there to serve the people. Mm-hmm. And um, as you know, my passion is agriculture, and uh, making sure that New Hampshire can feed its own population is is my my. Big topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, always trying to find ways and get to be able to make it easier for farmers to get local food to the consumer in New Hampshire and vice versa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think it's extremely important uh, that we have that food security system
0: in place, available and in place. Absolutely. We yeah, should talk about that in, in let's in le- next segment. If you <laughs> have time, I'd love to go into that a little bit um, more in depth because. People don't understand. They go and they buy their food in a supermarket. Right. And they don't think beyond that. Really,
1: you know. Well, you know, the thing is, is what most people don't realize is that their supermarket is on 18 wheelest crossing the country. Right. And, you know, your supermarket might have a five, maybe a seven day supply worth of food. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's it.
0: it. That's right. Then what do you do? Awesome. Exactly. So coming up on the other side, let's talk a little bit about that, because I think, um, you know, people might say, why are we discussing that on Artful Living? Well, you know what? Food's really important. Uh, There's no art when you're hungry. So maybe there is a little nexus here talking about uh, grace and and a great life and having food security, (laughs) would be a big part of that so hang tight Barbara uh, Comtois will be with us on the next segment WKXL 1450 AM 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester New Hampshire Talk Radio Art for Living will be right back Welcome back, Artful Living. Here, Jane Cormier, your host on WKXL, fourteen fifty AM, one hundred three point nine FM, Concord, and one hundred one point nine FM in Manchester, New Hampshire. Talkradio.com. We are thrilled to have as a guest today Representative Barb Comtois from Barnstead, and we've been discussing all kinds of things from puzzle tables to uh, food security. And uh, I think in this segment we're going to have a really important segment that will detail a little bit of information for our listeners who might not understand even really what food security is all about and why it's so important to know about it, to understand here in New Hampshire why that's important. So can you give us a little overview, Barb? Would that be possible? Oh, sure. Um, So I
1: think um, the pandemic uh, gave people a little bit of an idea of how vulnerable our, our supply is. Right. Um, you know, the big one was is no one could get toilet paper. Yeah. Right. right. And, uh, that was a big deal for people. Yeah, I know. It. Um, and for me, go, even when I would go into the grocery store, you know, the shelves would be half bare. Mm-hmm. um, even of food items. Uh, we even find that, um, in my, up here on certain days, if you go into the grocery store, there's nothing on the shelves because it's all been bought out, and they have to wait till the trucks come in the next day to restock everything right and so and we're not in any kind of a crisis right now, and mm-hmm. that's happening right now um and we have a lot of onerous regulations um for people trying to produce local foods, farmers trying to get uh food to local cuts of meat to the consumer and everything else. Yeah. And so we're really working hard. And I was just on a uh, uh, subcommittee uh, with uh, Senator Innes and Representative uh, Peter Bixby. Uh, It was a bipartisan committee. And I think that we're going to see, we're trying to make it easier for people to go to the farm to buy food and vice versa for farmers, make it easier for them. Mm Mm-hmm. To be able to process their foods to get to the people.
0: Okay, so that, um, that's something I know that people don't really know about how difficult mm-hmm. it is. Per, you know, for instance, if you're meat product, right, or a meat—that's what you sell, right? Different types of meat or whatever. How difficult mm-hmm. it is to get that to the consumer in New Hampshire right now?
1: Right. So, so right now, and and it, uh, it's also the other barrier is it is it's it's hurting beginning farmers who want to farm and get. Their produce, their, mm-hmm. their meat uh, to the consumer, but they can't. Right. Because right now, currently, we have three USDA facilities in all of New Hampshire. Uh, we did have four, one burnt down. It's my understanding it's being rebuilt. But if you want to bring an animal to that facility, um, so that because in order for farms to sell beef and pork, it has to be USDA certified if they want to sell cuts. Hmm. And those facilities, they're, they're booking appointments a year and a
0: half to two years out. Crazy. And they're not taking on any new customers. How crazy. Well, that's that shuts you down before you start. That's right. So,
1: um, and we want to make it easier. But we also have to be concerned about public health, obviously. Right. So, um, you know, we're trying to make policies that tackle both, mm-hmm. so that it's easier to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because not everybody wants to buy a half a cow or a half a pig, uh, which is legal to do now without going to U.S.D. certified facility. But not every people. Some people just want to buy a couple of pork chops or a couple of steaks or a roast here, mm-hmm. you know, and. It's very difficult uh, to do, and we have stymied um, a lot of people from getting into the industry because they're there, but the only way they can get their animals pro- processed is if someone cancels. Mm-hmm. And so you're... You can't them, live
0: no, with that, yeah. Right,
1: right. And, and nobody knows how an animal is going to grow. Nobody under- knows what's going on with the weather, if there's an issue, if you know there is an illness. So they're telling we're they're booking out a year and a half on these people and they're betting that they're going to be able to bring their animals every, you know so many animals every sure. month for a year and a half to 2 years
0: right which but may or may not know, happen correct mhm
1: so it's, yeah. it's it's a fragile system and um
0: at best yeah so if i have a smallish farm with you mm-hmm. know some product on there that i want to sell I'm kind of hamstrung with regard to the meat because it has to go to the USDA plant to get it cut, to, to sell it. Right,
1: it, with the exception of poultry and rabbit. Okay. So, you know, chicken, turkeys, and rabbit are, are, are different. Okay. But we're talking beef and pork.
0: So that really effectively hampers people, like you said, the new farmer, from choosing that, I'm sure. You know, why do that? If that's going to be so difficult, who would do it? Right. Do you think right. that there is for the cynic inside of me, for the cynic that's on my little shoulder here? Do you think that that is what the feds are looking for? That they don't want—they don't want meat processed at the local level. They want to control it at the federal level.
1: Well, they do control it at the federal level, right? right? That's what I mean. I mean, is that um, why it's there? Right, know? and it, and it has a lot to do with interstate commerce, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But. Um, so there's a lot of working parts, but I think that it's important for each state to look at what's best for them. Yeah. And, you know, as long as everything's staying in-state with their local populace, and as you know, I'm a huge advocate for for farmers and farms mm-hmm. and um, making sure, because if we eat what's close to home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we know what we're getting. Right. Um And it's easier, you know. They they always talk about the public health, but if you if there's a public health outbreak with the stuff in the store, Mm -hmm. it's going to be traced. Of course, and it's traced a little. It's a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, And it's much easier if because you'll know. Oh, I went to right. I went here. Right. And this is you know. So it's traceability is much better. And I tell people, no farmer worth their salt is going to put out a bad product because word of mouth is brutal. Right. And if you give something someone bad,
0: you're your done. Farm's done. Yeah, you're done. So that's actually a really effective way to make sure that it's probably a better product than not because being local, driving that local, you know, commerce for that specific item uh, is going to ensure that they do the right thing. Right. So
1: and you you can ask the farmer, you know, even with vegetables, you know, did you spray with anything? What did you use? What did you feed your cow? What did you do this? How was, you know, and, and you have a better understanding of what's going, what they're eating and everything else. And I just want to throw this out there. I went to the store the other day, and this is the second time I've seen it. One was at an airport. And I picked up a package, and I was looking at the ingredients because I read ingredients. Yeah, me too. Uh, on what's in things. And then I flipped the box around on another side and it said bioengineered products. Bad bad bad. But but the thing is is they're not listing it under the ingredients. Right. So you actually have to flip uh, things
0: around to see. And they yeah, absolutely. That. And you, and you don't and it's like what does that mean? Well what it means is is that the language was be- people were becoming educated as to what was showing up on the labels, so they keep changing. You have to now be really savvy when you're reading your labels if you want to make sure that you're not eating GMO or, which is what you're saying, right? The biological. No,
1: no, bioengineered products is something completely different. It's is kind it kind
0: of like yes? I thought it was the same thing, just different terminology.
1: No, um, it's kind of like the, um, and I, I'm gonna, like the chicken that they're. Not they're raising like um not
0: on a farm. Okay.
1: Like um Yeah, mass call them chicken. no fly chickens. They're, they're not raised naturally, they're raised out of like test tubes or something like that. Okay. Um
0: Wow. Yeah. That's bioengineered.
1: Um, I don't know if that's bioengineered, but it's
0: not natural. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just trying to figure out what's the difference between um GMO and bioengineered.
1: GMO GMO means it's been genetically modified. Right. Which means so what that means is they've taken uh, a strand or something, a DNA chain of that, and modified it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bioengineered means it was engineered. Completely. Completely.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. That's I did not uh, know that. is my thought. Now, people
1: will have to look this up and double-check on it because I, I'm, not, I'm not up on that. Yeah, no, no. But it is something... That I'm starting to see regularly on products.
0: Yeah, and I see that I put the product back. I won't buy it. I know it costs more money. You know, if you're if you're eating clean, but there's a lack of trust now in what's happening at the at the level of uh, you know the all powerful government that's man managing right and all that's of these why foods. It's so important to have local food. Absolutely. 100% agree. All right, we're going to take a little break here. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're speaking with Barbara Comtois-Barnstead, and uh, you're with Artful Living. Jane Comey, your host, and we will be right back after this message. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here, your host for Art for Living, WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio. And we're having a fabulous chat today with Representative Barbara Comtois out of Barnstead. And uh, we've been talking a little bit of this and that throughout our segments, but the last segment was really interesting. We were talking about being a little bit more educated about food security right here in New Hampshire and the importance of that. You know, being able to have the choice to eat clean, to eat at the local level. And uh, you had mentioned that there was some legislation coming forth that you were aware of or wrote. Um, what is there anything that we need to watch for the future? Well...
1: Um, I- I was actually looking up what bioengineered products was while we were talking. Really? Okay.
0: All right. Good. (laughs) So
1: I apologize. No, no. What is it? Um, But it says here, uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture defines bioengineered food as food that contains detectable genetic material that has been modified through certain lab techniques, techniques that cannot be created
0: through conventional
1: breeding or found in nature.
0: God, that is so bizarre. It can't be found in nature, but we'll put it in our food. What are we thinking? <laughs> oh, gee, <laughs> yeah. holy moly. Okay, well, yeah. You know what? This DNA stuff, whether you're talking mm-hmm. about RNA vaccines or uh, you know DNA stuff in our food, just scary. Scary. I want to go back mm-hmm. to the day when you kind of knew what you were eating and putting into your body. <laughs> you know? Or am I just old-fashioned?
1: <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's um, genetically modified, I think, is uh, different than... Um, Bioengineered? Yeah, but it, I'm just looking. It says, sounds familiar because it's ex- essentially how genetically modified organs are defined uh, and used and understand. But not all GMOs are bad, and and a lot of people confuse hybrid
0: with GMO. Okay, so, so what what's the difference, GMO versus hybrid?
1: So a hybrid is where it's done through breeding. Ah. So they cross different varieties of, say, tomatoes or different plants to get a, you know, and they might cross a tomato plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like a pepper plant or something or whatever. Sure. Uh, to make the, the stock stronger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're,
0: so that's a hybrid. Okay, but see, that's both in nature. <laughs> correct. <laughs> right? That's in nature. So to me, that's different than yeah. when you're talking about that, that's not, they're creating something that is not already natural. <laughs> Bio, bioengineered, right? Right. They're, it's, right. it's they're, There's no detectable nature thing with it. They're building it. And they're building it, you know, how do we know? How do we know what that is or what it will do? We don't. Right. So I understand hybrid is different. Hybrid is taking two already structured natural forms and combining them kind of like we would breed a dog or breed something like that.
1: Right. And, and the thing is, is, you know, it's, it's even in, um,
0: oh. But let me ask you, Barbara, is, is the hybrid considered GMO? No. Okay. So that's, but people, that is different. But,
1: pe- but people were confusing it at one point. I see. Okay. Because they're saying it was modified, genetically modified, right? Right. And so technically it was genetically modified, but it wasn't changed for it all. I mean you changed the plant for the better, you made it more disease resistant right. or more this or more that. Right.
0: Correct. But you didn't so, change the form.
1: <laughs> well, if you're crossing two different uh like if you're crossing a stock of one variety of something and then you're with another variety, then you're ch- you're using two different varieties or two different um mm-hmm. plants. It right. could be two different, you know, it could be So that it just makes it better. Yeah. Right. Right. But both of them have been grown in nature, right? Right. Natural. Natural. Yeah. Absolutely. But but you're you're modifying it. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. To make it better. Right. Stronger. So So, not genetically necessarily? Would you be genetically modifying it by hybrid? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. I mean, and we went through this because people had wanted, um, there was a large outpouring several years back that they wanted new hampshire to pass a law to put make it mandatory that the industry had a label which product had gmos on it right uh-huh, right mm-hmm. the thing is is it's better for well it worked out because people across the country were up in arms about it that it just happened naturally
0: yeah that they have so, to put what's in there
1: Right, that they had to put that on the label. So when you mm-hmm. go to the store, you'll see non-GMO or GMO.
0: Right. So yeah, very interesting, huh?
1: And so maybe that's the next outpour, right? So it'll say, you know, so it will. I mean, it says on the label somewhere that it contains bioengineered products, but you have to look for it. Right. Where if something's non-GMO, it's that they've got that stamp little label, of approval.
0: right? Little label, right on the front. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know what? The consumer must be informed, right? I mean informed consumerism is a really good thing. <laughs> Information works.
1: <laughs> right. And but it's so hard with the that people are so inundated with so much stuff yeah. to keep up with everything. Yeah. And you know, I had heard about it and I never you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. That's mm. years down the road. Well when I picked up a candy bar at the airport, I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, wow. and it was a, I, I won't mention the brand. It was a, a good brand. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I was shocked. Oh, and it's like, what does that mean? And so, and I still don't know what it really means.
0: I don't think anybody knows what, what it means. If it's new, right, in, in the genesis of what they're trying to do, and we're eating it, we're sort of like the guinea pigs, right? We haven't had that really going on before, but now it is. We're eating it. And we don't know about it. Um, that doesn't sound really smart. That doesn't sound really smart. I mean, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I would, my suggestion is just don't go there. Don't buy those products. And who knows, well, maybe, I, I, you know, it's going to get harder and harder. Yeah, they will make it harder and harder. And maybe that's why, you know, local is so important. Right. You know, you could fight to keep your local food source pure. Um, you'll at least know what you're doing, what you're getting, and uh, I suppose, though, that that's why it's so hard to change these laws. Is that is that part of the reason why it's so challenging?
1: Um, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but he, he, we've talked before, and as you know, my philosophy about anything is follow the money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? <laughs> and
0: uh, you'll figure so, it out yeah. pretty quick after that. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: All right. Because at the end of the day that's what it's about, right? For for people.
0: Sadly true. Sadly very true. Uh all right. So let's spin this over. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You
1: know? Are you cooking? I have no idea yet. Haven't got that far. <laughs> okay. You know me. I, I, I I'm I'm a last minute nelly. Uh, I kinda like go with the flow and uh see uh see what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, so I never I kind of take it as it comes. Sure, nothing um, wrong with that. But I would, but I just found out that my son is working Thanksgiving Day, so um, I will probably do something so that you know we get to spend a little bit of time together with him. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, because he'll be working. Uh, we'll be serving uh, free turkey dinners for veterans, so that will oh. be great.
0: Very nice. That's great. Yeah, you know what? I will I will say something. I am seeing. I heard I heard another um, thing on the news this morning that a lot of the stores are cognizant of the fact that this is a tough time for folks, especially if you have you know families, big families to feed, and they're offering these great deals where you know you can get your dinner for like thirty five bucks, or if it's for eight people, sixty five dollars. Um, where they're putting that together for folk, um, really great idea. When you stop to think that last year the turkeys were like like one half of your meal was more than one half for some people uh, where the cost of the Turkey was so out of range. So it seems like, you know, there's a lot of ways for people to have that feast, which is a good thing. I'm glad I'm seeing that.
1: Right. And, and, and and if people are having a hard time, there are organizations out there um, serving free meals. Yeah. Um, And so they shouldn't be stressed about it. And you know, and again, that's where it's it's okay to go mm-hmm. and to one of these places. Sure. Right? Absolutely. You don't have to feel bad or be embarrassed, right? Right. That's um, why they're there. That's right. And the people that are there serving, it makes them feel good to see people coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I so. remember one year we did a—my um, kids and I did a uh, Thanksgiving dinner at a church um, one year, and— It was a lot of fun. I mean, people, we were singing, there were people that were, you know, having a great time. It was different than I thought it was going to be, but, but serving, you know, the dinners for the folks that needed it was a, was a great way to celebrate Thanksgiving. We had a good time.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of my best Christmases I remember is, you know, we had Christmas with the family and stuff. And then I went with uh, my mom and stuff and we went and served and I happened to be the waitress. And, we had the tables all decked out, and there was Christmas presents yeah, under a nice. tree, And I would, re- you know, they they get to sit down and be, you know, we served them the meal. They didn't right. ha- even have to come up through a line, and it was just like a treat.
0: It was a real treat for them, That's and great. and I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Tis the season, right? Right, but but it's, it's
1: I don't know. I think giving you makes people feel good, and makes you feel uh, good. You know, it Absolutely,
0: does. it helps everyone. Oh, well, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Barbara Comtois, representative out of Barnstead here on Art for Living. It's been great talking with you. and uh, we want, always. <laughs> at, it it <laughs> always is. You're right. And um, I want to thank everyone for listening today. WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And have a great day out there. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Jane.